Welcome to the True Voice Podcast with your host, LaShawn Smith. Hey, welcome to True Voice, where we learn more about today through past stories from amazing people. I'm your host, LaShawn Smith. Here on True Voice, we talk to people who have remarkable stories that entertain, teach, and offer a human perspective on how today's most pressing topics remain deeply connected to our past. I hope you enjoy today's episodes. Let's get started. Today, I'm joined by Doris Sissy. Sissy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm happy I'm with you today. Absolutely. Now, you've had an adventure that's taking you from America to Europe, now Namibia. But let's go back to where you were born, in a Zulu town in South Africa. What was the name of the town you were born in? It's called Ikopo in Zulu, but in English you call Ikopo. So I was born in a Zulu nation. Yeah. Now give us a visual. What does this town look like? The town has uh, hills and it's green most of the time and it's vibrant because the Zulus, they sing and they dance every day. So my life was a dance and singing every day in the apartheid time. Now we're going to talk about a lot of this dancing. That's going to be really critical to your story. Now, when you were growing up, I understand your mother had 10 children. You were the last, but she didn't raise you. Yes. So so who did you grow up with? I grew up with my sister and my sister handed me over to, to the a Catholic mission. So most of the my life was between the, the village and missionary place. Right. So you're raised by your sister and I'm assuming other older women in the village live with your cousins. What was that childhood like, you know, kind of growing up with your cousins, hanging out? It was a very good life because we didn't know any better. We just, we enjoy life and singing and dancing and and helping the village and village, you know, in a village, when you grow up in a village, all the people, they help the younger ones, especially if, if there's no older ones at home. So it's how right. I learned how to take care of the younger ones because I was taken care by the younger ones too and the older ones, yeah? Ah, uh, so it all connects. They helped you and you help others. Yes, yes. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Yes. Now, when you're growing up, I know it was, and it still is common practice in South Africa to be baptized. You were you not baptized. Now, why was that? No, because my mother gave birth to me and then she didn't take care of me. So when you you need to be baptized, your mother to take to the mission to be baptized, isn't it? So then ah. my sister my sister could not do it. So there was a problem. So who gave you the name Doris? My cousin. When we were going to school that, that morning for, for grade one, because we didn't do the kindergarten or anything. So my, she asked me when we crossed the river and she asked who what is your name? And then I, I said, my name is Grenepi because I was called Grenepi, the Zulu name. And then she said, no, it's school because you have to be Christian to be at school. So even they, they won't give you the, the school if you don't have a Christian name. So and I said, I don't, I don't have one and I don't know what, when she just say Doris. So I don't know where did she get it. So while you're walking to the first day of school, she says... Yes. We're going to call you Doris. That's yeah, a fantastic story. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When I go to school, I forgot now, the name because it was not mine. Yeah. 
<laughs> you had to remind yourself, like, wait, what what name did she just give me? Yeah. Wow. And the teacher was asking, what is your name? And then I had to look for my cousin. And then my cousin, I did not know her with the other name. And then I knew her with the, the, the Zulu name. Oh, you didn't even know her name in the school. So you had to, oh, no. wow, that sounds like an the experience. Yeah, it was a right. big experience. Yes. Yeah. Now, when you were going to school, you would cross a river going to yeah. and from school. Was that was that dangerous? It was dangerous when it's re really raining hard, but it wasn't raining hard that time. So, but then, you know, we strong Zulus, so there's nothing danger right. to us, you know? Yeah, we're very strong uh -huh. people. <laughs> yeah. No, so, that, yeah, we crossed the river. I, I guess for me, it's like she was giving me, she baptized me when I crossed the river, you know? Yeah. Oh, there yeah. you go. That's some great symbolism that that becomes your moment. Now, yeah. you talked about, you know, your passion for dancing and we're going to keep coming back to yes. that. Um, as you grew yes. up, you know, I believe you grew up without access to a television, but you had a radio. You know, that was your entertainment. T tell me. Yes, my sister, she got the radio for someone who was working in, in a diamond company in Johannesburg, I think. And then they gave her the radio. So and then the, the music was always in the jazz and all the Miriam Makeba, all thing. And then we dance. It, the Zulus, they just dance and sing when we have a problem with dance and sing. So it starts from there. And then I really... And, and I was always intrigued about the radio. I wanted to open it and then see inside. And then it was the only radio we have. So I think I messed it up after that, you know? But, well, <laughs> Wait, so you wanted I, to hear where these voices were coming from. So you yeah, opened up the radio. Yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That's what I was telling Brian. I love the curiosity. <laughs> yes. Now, but where did you I, discover it, this passion for dancing? Well, yeah, when because the Zulus, they, they normally, they're very big dancers. They're very, sing, when we have problem, we sing and we dance. And then because Zulu people, they are people of heaven, apparently. Black people, when they die, they won't go to heaven because they there's no space for the black people, isn't it? So and then the singing, it made us happy to us and then close to, I don't know, close to something secret, I think. We, and then we just dance and then we're happy when we sing and when we dance, we were happy. So and then I met few people with, with their dance and I took the extra classes then when I was at the school now. And yeah, and then the most of thing I was dancing because I was running away from problems. And then when the television came to South Africa, there was this uh, thing called fame. I don't know if you mm -hmm. are familiar yes. with the fame. And then there was Debbie yes, Allen on it. Yeah, Debbie Allen. Mm -hmm. And then I was always imitating her. So and then I just want to be a big dancer and then and, and take care of the children and then take care of everyone with, with the dance. And the story, you can tell the story with the movements, yeah? And then you don't need to speak and then you just do the movement. So and then I become like this. And then I know if you have a problem and then you come to me and then you can do the movement and then you can tell your story after. Yeah, no, that's a fantastic way to kind of connect with that. Yes, yeah. You said something I want to go back to that I found quite interesting. You said people would say that there wasn't enough space in heaven for the black people. And so yes. you, had to, you had to fight. Who, who, who are these people? Who said this? It's a white people of South Africa, so they say it, it was in the Bible. So I didn't know the Bible very well, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's in so the Bible. So you believed it. 
you believed it just because why not? And uh, yeah, that's a fascinating. So I, yeah, our heaven was on earth. So with the dance and drum and and songs, it's where we're gonna go. I don't know. So it's we should be happy here. Yeah, yeah? enjoy the moment. Yeah. That, yeah. that's that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. Now, as you get older, your sister gets married, but you couldn't come with her to her new home. So what yeah, did you so, do? So, yeah, so my sister got married. And then the husband didn't want a woman with children. And then the same cousin took me to the to the Roman Catholic priest and said, yeah, I, ha- I have nowhere to go. And then he asked what was my name. And then my name was Doris, which is different. So he was from Switzerland. <laughs> so he took me because I was Doris. But then, and then he, he realized later I was not baptized. Huh? <laughs> and then so then we had to work out this story. So then I, I got baptized because you couldn't get the ID in South Africa if you were not baptized in the church. So and then he, he talked me into it that I must be baptized. And in the meantime, there was missionaries floating around and then they helped me to to go to high school with the money. They were American from Alabama, and then they were help. They were missionaries, but the Baptist mission. They were not Catholic, so then they helped me, and then I become I become their family, and then they really helped me. Got it. So then I in a mission school, I I, I created a dance group then there. Right. No, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. And just so I understand, yeah. you're saying when if you. In order to get an ID, you had to be baptized. Yes. So they had to go yes. baptize you to make sure you could walk around with your ID. Yes, and also you have that the, the Christian name because they couldn't call us with the, our our African name, the white people. So <laughs> if I may say, our white people, and then so then you have to be baptized to to belong to some this community, this uh, nice community, which they're gonna go to heaven maybe one day. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. So I never believe that. Yeah. What do you think about that exercise where you had to pick a new name and, and in essence, give up your, you know, the name that you knew? What, what do you think about that? It was difficult in the beginning, but then you cannot do anything. You could not do anything in South Africa if you did not have the, the, the Christian name and you were not baptized. Yeah. So you can't do anything, really. Because the, the government won't so, give you any ID. They, yeah. So. So at a certain point, you're like, if I need to exist in this society, I need to kind of follow these rules. <laughs> yeah. Because like I was baptized, but I don't I don't see where I'm going with it, you know, but then it can take me somewhere with the ID and the, the passport now. So my name is Doris now. So I should be happy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Now the priest yeah. that you lived with, he helped you get enrolled in a in a missionary school that was in a part of town that uh, had more white folks in it, yeah. and uh, yeah. I think that seems pretty unusual at the time because this is during apartheid in South Africa. Yes. What was that experience yeah. like? It was really difficult because he was white from Switzerland, and then when we get in a car and wherever, if he's taking us to school to the next school and then we have to sit in the back and then we cannot sit on front with with him even if he's alone in front because the police they're going to arrest you if you are sitting on a front seat so it was a little bit difficult for him because he was he had all these black children but they must stay in the back of the car doesn't matter how long you're gonna be Hmm. driving 
Yeah. And then if it's five o'clock um other side, if they cannot go and get me to come back home where I was living. Yeah. Is that like a curfew or what was the reason? Yes, there was a curfew. So if there's white people living this side and then the black people living this this way, so you should be coming to clean the house this way in a white people and then in the evening time you're going that way. So they, they are standing and counting how many people. So we have a little piece of paper is called dompas which means stupid people and then it hmm. <laughs> so you have to show this one if you don't have it and then you're gonna be arrested really yeah and so you said if you miss the time you had to sleep where you're at yes yes you can sleep there, that site where where were you were did that ever happen to you oh many times yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, many times, and yeah, many times. So and then, yeah, and my life it just was like that. And then I like, I like it a bit dangerous sometimes, and the yeah. So and I will make sure that sometimes I'm a little bit late, and then to see what's gonna happen, you know? Yeah. Right now, I mean, dangerous for everyone in that situation. For your experience, were there any times where you had a personal run-in uh, with the police or anything like that? Oh, um, lot, lots of times, and then because at the end, to make the story short, and then I met a guy from Germany, and then he was a boyfriend, so he was white, and then so I didn't see anything wrong with it. But then the police they used to come, and if the neighbors complaining that there's a black girl in in a white area, then they come and and get me, and then in fact I marry him, but. I married him later, so then I, I fell pregnant, and then somebody reported me that I was next door, and they came and kicked my <laughs> when I was pregnant. So my daughter she had a dent on her, on her head because of the police. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Wait, so so we're gonna come back to to the marriage in a minute, but so yeah. someone called the police, the police. on you yeah. while you they were pregnant. Yes. And the police attacked they, you. Kicked you yeah. in the stomach and uh, yeah. damaged your daughter's skull. Yeah. Wow. She just had a dent, so yeah, it's okay. We pray to the Zulus that yeah. they give her. Yeah, she's fine. Yeah. <laughs> now, she, everything's fine, okay, and right now? But she's that's amazing. Now, and who would you report it to, right? Because that was the police. For you. You couldn't really tell time. anybody, right? No, no. Yes. As a black one, you could not report the, the white police to anybody because the whole country is white, isn't it? And then the police is all right. white. Yeah. So there's no reporting. You just have to be taken to the to the hospital or if you believe in a Zulu medicine, Muti we call, and then they will rob you, the old ladies will rob you. Yeah. So there was no reporting. There was no reporting really. Yeah. What was the difference, um, you know, growing up in the town you originally grew up in and then when you ended up going to this school and seeing some of this, uh, you know, this behavior, this racism, what was like the moment where you realized like this place I'm in now is very different than the town that you grew up in? When you get involved with such things with the police, because in a village house, it's a little bit far from everybody and then you kind of don't see this thing. Then it, you hear Mandela is in prison, but then you, you don't really know. They just tell you that Mandela was a not very good person and then with the law. So we did not know. But when you come to town and then you, you, you kind of learn the, the different situation and then with the, the school, they were not allowed to talk about Mandela. Yeah. So we only know Mandela is in prison because he was not good person. Yeah. 
and in the school which we went to is a Catholic, they are not, they are in a country because they must obey the, the country rules, yeah? So then the nuns and the priests, they will never tell you about this. And then when I find out all these things, I was really not very good one now. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they're they're driving this propaganda to say yeah. Mandela's not a good person, but at a certain yeah. point you're like, "Hold on, something's not right." Yeah. What was the point where you yeah. realized you had rights? Sometimes when we were going to the buses and then you know in South Africa there was buses for white only and then black only and the the, the benches when you're sitting waiting for the train and the Baptist mission, they had their daughters, and then we, we were kind of like a family. So my sister, the, the white one, she will sit in a white one, then I will sit in a black one, and it, where it's written. And then when you get in the train, she have to sit in the other one, and then I sit in the other one, because it, it's a secret thing that we're not staying together, but we're staying together in the same house, you know? Then I realized that, that mm -hmm. Mandela is fighting for this, you know, because I cannot go with my friends and my sister, and then we stay sitting in different area, and then we are told at home, because Mandela was not at school, we are told Mandela was not a good person. But then I realized, and then we start reading the newspapers, and then you hear from the radio, and then you see on the televisions, and then I realized that, yeah. You start seeing so the disconnect from how you yeah, were yeah, living and what the yeah. what the media was portraying on the television. You said, hey, something's not connected right here. And you kind of had an awakening. Yeah. And then I had the good friends with the born. They were helped by Catholic. So they went to America. And then when they come back and then they came back with white girlfriends. And then they, they start telling me the whole situation now to say, hey, this, these people, I'm not going to get married. He said he's not going to get married out in Swaziland or anything. You want to get married at home, he's going to write the, the letter to the president of the country. So then I realized it, it really helped me to tell me the whole story about Mandela now. So. <laughs> right. I don't know if yeah, I, no, that's yeah. a great awakening. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So as we meet a lot of people and then we dance here, then I realize, yeah. Right. Now, as you were in high school, um, or I guess yeah. uh, once you had graduated high school, the, the priest that yeah. had taken you in, he was getting older. He needed to go back to Switzerland. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. What did you do then? What did, what did you go live? You know, well, I, I live with the, the other missionaries, which they were Baptist mission now. And until I got married then, I, I got married in South Africa. Then after that other couple, which they got married, American and then South African. And then we got married and then the American one, they helped us to go to New England now with my husband. So we had a daughter already. So we live in New England for five years. And then he was not so happy anymore in America. And then we went to Germany. And then in Germany, things went wrong. And then I came back home to South Africa. And in South Africa, I was scared. I was not so, so free in South Africa because I know better life now, isn't it? And then so right. my, my, my family, that the Baptist family, they were here in Namibia as missionaries. So and then I took my daughter and my drum and then I came to Namibia. When I came to Namibia, Things they were a little bit lower with the because a lot of Christians here they have planted everything before independence, and then it was very difficult. So then, but then I just thought I'm just gonna start something here. And then my parents said, "Leave the dance story; it doesn't work." And then, and then, so I came to the school. I met a white Namibian principal, 
And then I say, I am a dancer. And then I, I just, and he says, just do whatever you can. Physical education, take it. And then sports, take it. And I, I just, I took it. And I realized the kids, they were a little bit depressed, but they knew Sarafina dance from South Africa and Ipintombi. So then I just act like I was from the, those groups. I took over. I took off the whole country and I took the kids. I danced everywhere. And then I started with all the schools and then to the principals, to the drumming, to the singing, to to the talking. We call it Mlom in Zulu. So I was just known as Miss Doris who dances with the kids. And I went to the deaf and blind school. I, I started the dance group then there are 89 in that group now. So and then I'm just wow. the dancing okay, doors okay. with the drum. Yeah. You hit so many parts of this story. I wanna I wanna go back to some of these pieces. So we're gonna Come okay. back to uh, Dancing Doris. <laughs> but And thanks for just walking us through all that. It's fantastic. But like you are really on a journey getting up to this point, right? And uh, so yes. first I want to talk about you meet this couple. This couple yes. kind of helps you understand how you could move to America. So you end up in, in New England. Yes. You know, you're living there for five years. Uh, what what, yes. what state? Was it New Hampshire, I, I believe? New Hampshire. Is that correct? New Hampshire. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so first, let's talk about you show up to New Hampshire. What was the experience like there? You know, what was oh. the positive or the negative? I mean, you're living in a new, a new environment again. Oh, yeah. My husband was an engineer, so he stayed very quietly. He's not like me. And then for me, I met a lot of women and a lot of, they took me to schools to, to tell the story from where I'm from. And then... I started dance a little bit then every day I was going to the different places and then it was really for me I was like I'm free at last really and then because people they were different colors different they come from different places and then they were very nice to me and for mm. the first time I can stand with my husband and say okay and then they tell me there is racism here and here but then you they don't know where I'm from. That it was really hard for me, you know? Yeah, we were always going late. Today it was really nice. People, they were very nice. They were very nice and I didn't have any problems there. I really didn't have any problems. I was free at last, yeah. So you enjoyed that experience. All right, so then, yeah. so your husband, however, doesn't like it there. So you guys no. moved to Germany. The, the relationship yeah. is not working out. So... Like, did you just leave? Did you have to run away? Like, how did it work out that you guys split up? <laughs> well, I didn't tell him I was going. So what do you call that? But it's run away, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't oh, tell him I was left. going back. <laughs> yeah, I just left with my daughter and then I went home to South Africa. Yeah. And then that's where you decided, hey, this isn't yeah. going to be safe. And yeah, I like the way you said it. You said, I took my daughter and my drum and we went to Namibia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yes, I went to Namibia. Namibia was a free country. There, it, it it was a lot of problems because they just starting everything and then it, they were getting it right. So, but then I felt free. Also, I feel free here. I'm happy here. And did then you say? Did you say you had family members there? Like, what made you pick that location? Like, why'd you move to that country? The missionaries which I have met, the um, American ones, they were here in Namibia. They came to Namibia from ah, South Africa. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I knew so, Namibia so you had a, you had a, through them. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah so, I came okay. here. 
And when you showed up, you said that, hey, you know, you start coordinating these dance routines and uh, yes, uh, yes. managing some of these physical education classes. What was the reason that, you know, that was a thing that you gravitated toward? I mean, you have this theme since you were a child of, you know, kind of dancing, but what made you stick to it? What, what made you really feel dedicated to that? I think because I always I wanted to help everyone with the dance because I knew for me the, the dance helped me because I couldn't speak about my problems but when I dance I really I I create a dance because of the experience which mm. I had it today or I create a dance because the stuff I saw today so with the children sometimes you cannot speak all the time with them so then I saw they have a lot of they had a lot of problems but with the dance, and then they get to trust you, and then they will tell you their stories later, yeah? So I just say, okay, I have a dance. So it's almost like a way for them to release their burden. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it went for me. I was think, I think I was thinking, yeah, it's going to help. It helps everybody. I'm still thinking that it helps people because they can come, and then they all like this. And then as soon as I say, then they all, then I will say the boys and the girls hold their hand. And in Africa, the boys do, do not have, hold the girls' hands. And then so for me, I I realized that. So, yeah. And, and when I came here, it was a lot of stuff with HIV and everything. And then just, I came just in the right time. Yeah. So I create all these yeah. groups and everybody is a family. We help each other. Yeah. Then I yeah, teach you came everyone. at a time when people needed that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and you helped yes, bring that yeah. structure. They were tired of being told this thing. Yeah. The HIV is going to kill you, whatever. And then I say, okay, we can create a song about this HIV, whatever, you know, like this. And then. We sing about it, we dance about it, and then it comes easier to tell me, oh, I was born with HIV, and then so then I become friends with the doctors, and then I, I take them to the, to the doctors because some of them, they don't have parents, and then so I become a parent. I become a teacher, I become a pastor with the Zulu stories because I don't know the Bible very well. So <laughs> I have my Bible, so yeah. So and I think, yeah, and then... I tell them Mandela story. Then most of them, they were thinking I'm a granddaughter of Mandela because I spoke about Mandela every time, you know? Mm, right. I mean, you you have become an icon for dance in your area. Uh, what's the name of the, the town that you live in now? Oshakati. Yeah, Oshakati. Yes. Oshakati. You mentioned you're, you're focused on, you know, helping uh, a number of folks, including visually impaired, yes. blind, older people. Yes. How do you connect with those individuals through dance? You know, how do you teach them the dances? How do you like walk me through how you, you know, is it is it just natural and it just happens or do you walk through some instruction? Well, we, we like the blind ones, they very good with the drumming. So and then I have I have the classes first with them and then talk about it. And then the deaf ones, they learn by looking. They are better than me, the deaf one, because they look and then they just take as you did it. You know, they just take as you did it. And then they just do it. And it's like, they can observe. Really very, yeah, ah, they're very good ones, this one. You can see they enjoy the whole thing because nobody cares about them, really. So they, they're happy to have it. The class is twice a week. They're very happy. Right. So a lot of parts of their lives, maybe they don't get that that level of kind of camaraderie and attention. And so they're really engaged uh, in that moment. That makes sense. 
Yeah, I always tell them there's there's nothing wrong with you. You're not sick or anything. You are perfect, and then you have to to be disciplined. I'm very disciplined. I don't like when I'm doing the class and then they say because even they deaf, they really going on and on and on and on, and then you have to stand now and look at it. And then they know they call me because my hair is normally big like this. This one, she's here. No, nyaga, nyaga. you know, it's, it's, it's really a big story. And it was difficult to learn the language, but you learn quickly when you do the dance and then the teacher was helping me from the beginning. But now I can be with them all by myself. So they, I, I mix them with the other ones and when we performing, when the president is coming in up here with the one who's standing at the airport and really dancing very loud and very high society. We are very good. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. I mean, our our listeners can't see you right now, but you're really animated and it's fantastic to see the energy that, um, you know, even just talking yeah. about it brings. And that's just that's amazing. Yeah. I want to talk about, you know, when you talk about a show. Yes. Who figures out what song should we do? How are we going to arrange it? What, what What's the process for that? You see, with, with the children, with my dance groups, all of them, different schools from grade zero to grade whatever, it's always there's somebody. I help them to be my second hand. So then the other one is writing, today we're going to do this, then this and this. And then this one is drumming, he knows how to drum. And then this one is going to do this. So so we, we talk to each other before we go. If Sam is a, is a deaf one, there's one. Who's, who's writing down what dance are we doing today? And then it's gonna say, no, miss, this one is not very good. We must do this one. No, miss, this one here, yeah. And then if there's no music there, we have the drums. Yeah, because most of the time there's no electricity in a village schools. So we, I have drums in which people they have donated to me. They're friends of friends, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So I take care of it and the kids, they know they shouldn't break the drum because if you break my drum I'm finished <laughs> right right no yeah you got to keep the drum in good condition so you can yeah, keep because, playing because, yeah, they're very expensive and we can't afford the drums you know yeah I mean I mean when you do these things it's not that I'm in charge of the thing I I let them lead me sometimes because the other things I don't know so they know that we are together I'm not just a boss here you know right right yeah so you're part of the the experience the you're not just yeah, yeah. Their, their boss yeah yeah and yeah. that makes sense and it probably helps with the energy and the goals that you're trying for this in the first place what's the yeah. style of dancing that you do or that you're known for okay so when i first came i i asked them i said i'm not gonna just feed you with my my dances and my culture and then we i have to get from you you must know your culture first and then you must know your your family things first before you can know mine. So we mix all the Namibian dance, the South African dance, and somebody come to visit us and then we take from there and then we put it together. And in the beginning also there was an American woman who came as a volunteer for one year in Namibia. She also helped us, her name was Wayoma. And then she helped us with all the, so all our dances are different, they're different and then we put it together. But it always have to be a kick, for the Zulu kick, to make it more buga, you know? Yes. Yeah. Right. No, that's fantastic. What are some of the the important cultural highlights that you've come to learn and appreciate uh, now that you're living in Namibia? 
Oh, the, the Oshibambo, Oshibambo dance, because they speak Oshibambo here. They have their own dancing, which is really very stumpy. And then first, when I first came, I was thinking it's very easy to do it. And then I thought they do not count, you know, when they're doing like this, but they count, my goodness, they count. And it's very difficult. This one is a difficult one. And then they, they sing Oshivambo uh, language is not mine, but then I have to learn it a little bit, but I'm not very good at it but <laughs> because I, I speak a lot of languages now. So then, but it's very different from my one. It's, and yeah, and the people, they very, the kids, especially, first they were coming by themselves because it's, most of the kids, they don't have parents. So they, they just had that there's a dance here and, and going here, there's a woman called Miss Doris and then they just come and register themselves. So in the beginning we were thinking, okay, we must make it very small. And then I realized the kids, they like to come and dance. And then I said, this is a home for everyone. So everyone should come. So they, they all come by themselves. No parents involved with it. And now if parents are involved, of course, and then it makes it more difficult because they come and say, my daughter don't want to dance this one. And I said, but this home, they know themselves that this home is this dance. We're gonna do the, all the dances in the whole world, which you know we, which we know and we learn. So mama, please don't come and tell me this ones. Yeah, you can wait for me outside and I will fix you up later, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, I get that. So as you think about your journey, I mean, you've had both the privilege and you've had to be, you know, kind of a fighter in a lot of change, a lot of changing environments, right? And yes. uh, if you, as you've gone through those, you know, different changes, you know, physically moving to different places, but also facing some of those yes. challenges. You know, what are some of the things that you've learned that um, have helped you get through all of this? Well, I, I think when I first came, they were looking at me like I look different. And then I'm, I'm, maybe I don't believe in God, yeah? And then that was a little bit dis disturbing me because I was thinking, oh, well, I, I'm back to Africa, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah? I was a little bit, little bit slower and then I realized if I just follow my feelings and my thinking, what it helps other people, I don't worry about difficulties or and because even in the government, at first they were looking and said, "Why? Who is she? Where she's from?" They say she's from the Zulus. Oh no, problem! But they, they realize I don't have problems. That I don't. I'm not a problem at all. I'm trying to help. So now the, the parents they will stop me on the street and say, "Wow, you're the one who help our children." Okay, we are doing this. Can the children come here? And then they know I'm very strict. And then they will, the kids they will come home and say, "Miss Doris, she don't like nyaga nyaga, which is nonsense," you know. Nyaga Nyaga in my language is a nonsense thing. So they know, and then they didn't speak English, and then I, I so, helped them. So Miss Doris doesn't like nonsense. Nyaga Nyaga, yes, Nyaga Nyaga <laughs> means it's nonsense. <laughs> Mixed up thing. So now they, they, some they call me Miss Nyaga Nyaga, Miss Nyaga Nyaga, and other ones like Vuga Vuga means stay awake and you go places. So they really. I know everything. I go to the dance with the children and then I go wherever and then I go home. You know? Yeah. So. Right. Right. Oh, that's great. Now, some of these characters that you've, you know, that are part of your story, let's, let's figure out where they are. So your sister who helped raise you when you were young that you lived with, where is she today? 
Well, that's a sad story, really, because as the year goes, where where she got married, I couldn't go there because I went to 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 live in a mission. So I keep going the other mm-hmm. way, and then I don't know where's my sister. I never. Wow! I, so you I, didn't get, you didn't get a chance to reconnect. No. Yeah. No. And then your 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 husband that you you ran away from. You're like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. What happened yeah. with him? Well, he came he came to Africa to look for me, which is is, is very sad. So then he was looking for me in, in South Africa, but then in South Africa, I didn't contact anybody when I came there. And then I came to Namibia, and then he find out later that maybe I came to Namibia, and he came to Namibia, and then he looked for me, found me at the end, and then he wasn't feeling very well, and then he passed away in Namibia. Wow. But he was not there. He was not with me. And I was with my daughter. And then my my daughter now, she's big. She's in Germany. Mm-hmm. She went back to Germany. Because she's a dancer too, so. Right. Oh, you kind of passed it down. What What yeah. does she think of, of this experience of living in different places? I think it helps her to be what she is now. Because when it was a 2010 in South Africa, the, the soccer Thing she was the part of the the dance and then she did she did the a dance with Shakira. So for her, she she learned here that to be strong woman and and take care of the things and take care of everyone. She's still taking care of everyone. When she come to Namibia, she helped me with the classes and then she gave me new version of new things, you know, to help her mother to carry. On. I must carry on with the, her sisters and brothers in Namibia. So she's very good. Right. Yeah. No, that's yeah. great. Your cousin who gave you your your name on the first day of school, I who also know. helped you find uh, the yeah. priest, um, were you able to ever reconnect with her? No, she got married also, and then she moved other way of Africa. I don't know where she is. Yeah, this is a sad one, really, because those, those so ones, yeah. Yeah, I mean, is that common that, you know, kind of folks get disconnected like that? Yeah, you know, it, folks that are really yeah, meaningful I mean, in your journey? Yeah, it is like this. In Before the internet things, I think it was not uh, very easy. Like it's easy today. You can find the people, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now you've created a new family uh, where you're at and uh, you're really important to the community. And it's fantastic yeah. to hear how you're helping all of these, uh, you know, from children to older people. Yes. As you think about your future, what are you most excited about? Well, I'm excited about, like, Brian, they're the one who's going to take over and then do the things and then tell other people what they have learned from me, I think. I think my journey now, I'm getting older, and I think, I think I'm going to just solve on the edge, on the edge, on the sand in Namibia. I don't know. <laughs> but the, the young ones which I have created here, I think they, because I told them when I first came, you cannot be just a teacher and a nurse and a police. You can be something, you know. I have a lot of doctors, which in my name, I have a lot of, uh, yeah, yeah. No, not so many in the police or the, the church staff. And then, no, 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 no. They, they, can, they can dream bigger than sometimes they're told. Yeah, so they come home, when they come for holidays, they come to me and say, Mommy, you know, yeah, Mommy, we are here. And then they say, Mama Africa, or they say whatever. Yeah, or, yeah. So I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm happy wherever I am. I, I still carry on with the thing until maybe, I don't know, till I stop, maybe one day. I don't know. 
Well, you have yeah. fantastic energy, so I don't know if that's anytime soon. Now, you know, people know you as Sissy. Uh, tell our listeners the significance of kind of the word Sissy, sister, you know, why people would refer to you that way. Yeah. Oh, because when I first came, they couldn't say Doris. And then it was irritating me that I knew it's my name, which I was given by my cousin. And then I was called at home, Grenepi. And then in Namibia, they don't use the clicks. So then it was difficult to say Grenepi. And then I thought, okay, I can be just called Sissy. Because they had the magazine in South Africa called Sissy Dolly, which she was helping them with problems in, in the magazine. So and then I thought, okay, they know Dolly from the, the magazine, Sissy Dolly. And then I thought, okay, my name is Doris. It's, it's Sissy now. So everybody says Sissy. And then the Americans, they say Doris. And then English people, they say Doris because they like Doris. Huh? Because makes them happy, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody's happy now. <laughs> there you and go. I'm okay. And you're, yeah, you're a beacon for making people happy. So that's pretty fantastic. Yeah, because you know, my life was not happy in the beginning. Now I have to be happy. And I like I like children, I like people, I like clothes, I like gardening, and you know, I like big things. I like just big things. I come to school and then if there's no garden, I start the garden in school and then while we are singing and dancing, we can stop and then do the garden to make the school look nice. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I think, uh, the visual of the dancing, the garden, and again, our listeners can't see you, but you're dressed beautifully and you look amazing. And uh, just bringing that visual connection, I think, to all of us is a really powerful gift. And so uh, that's uh, uh, really great to see you sharing that. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. And then my son say, I have to do the drum for you a little bit. <laughs> We have to do the drum. That was great. <laughs> As we're wrapping up, I want to thank you for joining us today and sharing your story, the energy and uh, everything was just fantastic. So I appreciate you uh, hanging out with us today. No, thank you very much for having me, Oslo. This is True Voice.